Welcome to the Science of Abundance Daily Alchemy Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Clayton, and my story's pretty interesting. Uh, went through a ton of trauma, former incarceration, suicide attempts, sexual abuse in my life. And one of the things that's happened in my life is I've actually used hermetic principles, alchemy, all these really cool tools that we hear and we talk about, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call it, and develop practices in order to change and affect my lives differently. So within this podcast, I will be giving tidbits and bites for individuals to be able to bite into on a daily basis that will allow you to take baby steps to change your life. But at some point, you'll find the door that starts to change the effect of how you show up on a daily basis. Enjoy this. Give feedback. Come to my Instagram, comment, whatever it might be. Always open because we wouldn't be here without each other. Please enjoy and thank you and I love you. Welcome back to another episode of Daily Alchemy. I'm gonna start calling this Weekly Alchemy because <laughs> these episodes are getting longer and I know like I said before, we're gonna start doing these about two to three times a week. And as we go into them, uh, this is gonna be the last one in the series where we're talking about the Hermetic Laws and where we've gone pretty deep uh, into a very complex way of discussing them to how we can bring them into our lives very specifically. And even the inner relationship of how they all work together so we can understand like each law is its own thing, but there really is no disconnection of how they act in themselves in this three-dimensional space that we call disillusion of reality. The only reason that I say the illusion of reality is because the illusion is what we see. If we know anything about the double slit experiment, as you perceive it, it becomes a reality. When you don't perceive it, it's not a reality. And it's really interesting when you start thinking about those that are not around you and how we have started to use technology to understand what's taking place with those that are not around us so that we can actually form a perception and perspective of those individuals. And in doing so, we create a reality of those individuals. So as an example, if we didn't have technology, television or anything else going on, if there was something taking place, let's call it the Ukraine war, the Hamas and Israeli war that's happening right now, as we look at it, we would have no idea what was going on with that in the United States of America, all the way across the globe. And if we didn't have any understanding of what was happening over there as if things were happening here, there would be an energetic riffing that we would feel, but we wouldn't understand why it was taking place. And from that, what would end up happening is that we would have a responsibility within self of whatever odd feelings that we're feeling over here to start changing those from within instead of looking outside of ourselves in order to start making adjustments. And we would then constantly be at a seat of cause. So one of the things that technology has done for us is given us a lot of different distractions, what I'll call them, or we can call it wisdom, right? So if you look at it through the lens of distraction, the distraction is the fact that like, hey, I'm constantly in the seat of effect, which is the karma episode that we just talked about. And now I'm going to get wagged as the dog by the tail in order to then work to make adjustments off of all the effects in my life. On the contrary, if I look at it as wisdom, I am now at the seat of cause and I understand why I've created it from this aspect of self in order to start overcoming these iterative cycles or feedback loops of the matrix outside of me in the illusion of this brokenness of myself, which the brokenness of myself is the infinite splitting of what we talked about of God or the all or source of questioning itself. 
in order to come back into an aspect of singularity and see why we created it all to love ourselves more. So to repeat that again, because I know that was a little bit complex, the minute that I have the ability to understand why I created everything to love myself more, then what ends up happening is that I sit at the seat of cause and take full responsibility. And the more that as myself, as a viewer and the God force that I am, have the ability to take in tons of information and what I call wisdom of the world that's being created outside of me from my heart and my space and my reality to be able to absorb that. And then through my heart is where the alchemy happens because I'm able to place a loving construct on the past because everything that I've witnessed is now sitting in the past. So you're like, well, Sean, what does that mean for this episode? Because we're going to start talking about gender at this point. And gender is the masculine, feminine aspect of things. But in this law of gender, what we um, are really focusing on is how things become created. Things are generated, gender, generation, through the combination of gender, okay? And the combination of gender is these certain aspects. It's not duality and it's not polarity because we could say masculine and feminine are aspects of duality and polarity, which kind of in a sense that they are, but really what they are is the unity of wholeness. So when you start taking masculine and feminine energies to remind you that we're talking about energies, we can look at them in the physical form because we walk around and there are penises and vaginas walking around everywhere, right? And we have thwarted and done a lot of things to that to where we've mismanaged the understanding of what that energy really means and created this entire patriarchal society that has really oppressed the feminine energy that we need to start really leaning into. And the good thing about it is we have a lot of women out there that we have dishonored, that when we actually honor them, we're honoring ourselves in this patriarchal aspect because we all have that gender inside of us as well. But what I'm going to go backward a little bit and discuss is that it starts with the gender as two things. One is there's this, what I call this, actually, I don't know I call it anything I was reading, um, in another book about this thing called the Theosophia, okay? And the Theosophia is the combination of what they call the cosmic creation or the cosmic kind of like energy that's out there that is this universal truth. And in that universal truth, the only way you find the universal truth is through infinite wisdom, okay, and great compassion. And the wisdom comes from the self-conscious, Okay, the compassion comes from the subconscious. And that subconscious is your higher self. It's that divine force that's sitting outside of you that's kind of like that intuition that starts to speak to you. And you're like, well, what is that? Well, how should I move in that way? That's what we have historically called morality, but then we've turned morality into rules, and then we've created rules that have basically disconnected us from morality because morality is what's in our heart. And if we all walk in our heart, then we're all going to walk in truth. And we all walk in truth. And what happens, we all do what, whatever we want to call the right thing is. There is no right or wrong, but we all do things in the best interest of the all, right? So when we do things in the best interest of the all, that is what we have constructed as right. But then what happens is, is that we create all these different rules. And those rules sometimes aren't in the best interest of the all. So we have to be really careful when we say, okay, we're going to draft some intuition in, we're going to put a patriarchal wisdom lens on it, and then at which point we're going to now create limitations for other people because we're not seeing everything as the benefit of the all. That's what that subconscious is. That is that compassionate energy. 
That is that thing that is that feminine energy. And when we honor that, we create this really awesome expansion to where half of the whole becomes very full. Now, on the other side of that, you have this whole patriarchal energy, which we've done a great job, okay, of just throttling that into humanity. And we've overdone it to where it has oppressed the feminine energy. It has oppressed into, suppressed and oppressed <laughs> intuition. We have not honored it, okay? And we have not created safety for it to actually thrive. So it hasn't thrived within ourselves as masculine energy. It hasn't thrived within humanity as an overcoming of it when we look at it between masculine and feminine entities walking in this world. And because of that, we are way, way, way off balance. This is where the balance that I talked about before of masculine and feminine come into play. And when we actually balance is when we honor. So honoring equals balance in this regard. And when you think about that subconscious and that self-conscious, and we have the ability to then take what I call in some of my videos and even what I've talked about on here is the intention and the integrity. And the integrity is that integration. The intention is that intuition, right? The intention and intuition is very much so a feminine energy. And being able to pull that through and have deep consideration of it creates really magical thoughts, right? Now, the thoughts are the masculine aspect of things, but the intuition that comes in and spurs the thought, when the thought can be felt, which is now the actual aspect of receiving the thought, which is now the feminine energy. So it's kind of like, think about this. You have this funnel, right? And I'm going to use like an upside down triangle. And you have this funnel and things start coming in to this funnel, right? And it's just this wisdom knowledge that's dropping into you. And in order for you to receive that wisdom knowledge, you have to open yourself up, okay? So when we're talking about being open, letting go of other constructs, and just being in receivership, Dr. Joe Dispenza does a good job of this, is when you actually have to get into that alpha brainwave state. If we're always in like high beta states or we're always in our sympathetic nervous system, we're pushing out those thoughts and we're seeking an understanding off of the past, which has to do so much of this wisdom where we're chasing this patriarchal understanding of things. And through that, all we're doing is we're getting stuck in these rhythmic cycles of the past. I'm sure you've probably, as you've gone on your enlightenment journey, bumped into individuals where you feel like the story is always on repeat. You're like, man, I keep having the same conversation with these people over and over again. And that's because they're stuck in this cycle of this really safe perceive safe understanding of self and there is no other information that's coming into them and even when you try to give them which is really interesting information it's almost like the minute you say something to them, <laughs> which is a part of you because you used to be that way as well you almost like they like tune out it's like you say something and it's all of a sudden it's like uh something like glitches and then they start going into another topic that is very much so something they're familiar with and that's okay because you used to be that way too in some ways in their conversations would share that way now. And the thing is, is that that acceptance aspect of things is that receivership aspect of things is that feminine energy. So as the, what I would call that intuition, that intention from the masculine aspect of the download that drops into you, you have the ability to receive as a dimensional being then what happens is, is you have to be able to receive it and then do something very masculine with it. So now your responsibility is to move it. Think about yourself as like this, uh, 
you know, this, this arrow and this arrow comes into this big funnel. And then in that funnel, you have to push it into a place where you receive it. Well, how do you receive it? Well, once you receive it, sorry, once you receive it, then you have to push it into a place where you can action it. Right. So now you're taking the receivership, you're tuning into it, you're integrating it into a thought. That's the masculine aspect of things is taking all of this like wisdom, integrating into a thought through alpha state. That alpha state then points it into where it points it into your heart. Your heart then turns back around, and this is how all of this masculine feminine energy work together. Points it into your heart, and once it points it into your heart, your heart then makes a decision to receive again. So your thoughts have to be felt. So once your thoughts become felt, and you feel them with some aspect of emotion, it's like, what does that emotion mean? And that's when you have to tune into why the emotion was there. Am I tying it to trauma? Am I tying it to some integrated state? Am I tying it to a knowing? Am I tying it into a thought, right? So the thoughts are okay, but thought has to become a knowing because if the knowing is not grounded, then it becomes this wayward way of thinking. And now you're back into looking for evidence outside of you. And you're no longer sitting at what we talked about before in the karma episode, sitting at the seat of cause. You're not taking responsibility for the feelings of the thought. And now you have a lot of distorted noise that create this impermanence and a lack of rhythm for you to go through the process of evolving based on what's being tuned into you. Then what happens is, is you say, okay, well, now that I feel it back into that feminine aspect of things, I need now to move that into action. When you move that into action, it's a very masculine energy again, right? So you see how you go from masculine to feminine to masculine to feminine, right? Back to masculine. So now I'm going to put it into action. Now I need to integrate it into humanity. So now when I integrate it into humanity, I'm now taking very integrated steps from a masculine perspective to take what I've now felt, cleaned it up so that it's actually something centered in my heart space. That is my knowing. That is my divine knowing. That's that subconscious aspect of self. And when I place it into humanity, what humanity will do, because when humanity receives the truth and the truth comes through, when you actually are listening to your higher self, because your higher self is the all, and you've done all of this balancing work between the receivership of the information, to the thinking of the thought, to feeling the thought, to now integrating the thought, and you see that you're creating that different balance and you're not using the effects of the world in order to make a determination of your actions. Then when you place that out there into the world, it comes through as vulnerable, it comes through as authentic, and it will be widely received by the world outside of you. This is how masculine and feminine energy create generation. This is how we generate outcomes in our life. Because now you've taken this masculine understanding of the feelings that you have, and you have now placed it into the world with integrated actions that you are now in a rhythmic state of permanence of creating over and over and over again, and the world will now just take that in in a feminine way. So they're now receiving it. They're like, hey, I want this. I'm receiving this. This is everything to me. What you are giving me is truth. It is vulnerability. It is it. It is a knowing. And then at which point, once you have that knowing that now starts to trickle into the world, what will then take place is that the community and the consensus will start to create this energetic vibratory state around it. And then we get back into the third law. Everything is vibration. Everything is energy. And it will create expansion. Because then what will take place is you go back to the second law in this aspect of correspondence as above, so below. When that truth starts to shine through, it just starts to go and go and go and go and go. And any of these enlightened masters that have taken these actionable steps that we've seen still have an impact today, even post their death. 
and post their physical death, right? Because they're energetic death. There's no energetic death, but post their physical death, they are still going, right? Because there was a truth. And once they place it into the world, it just creates this vibratory aspect of things and it becomes unstoppable. And even if it sometimes feels slow on the growth, it's a trusting and a knowing that time is an illusion. And because time is an illusion, you are now starting to collapse that time back down and it will start to then expand faster when you don't pay attention to it. It's the whole watch pot boils or doesn't boil, right? So if you watch a pot, it doesn't boil because you're literally like paying too much attention to it. Once you let it go and then you let it do its thing, you turn back around and the thing's boiling again because you're not paying attention to the time of the pot boiling. You're actually going through the process of now starting to facilitate integrated action steps that are now just creating outcomes. You're just looking not even looking at the effect, you're just always at the seat of cause. When you're at the seat of cause, time collapses itself. When you're looking at things through the seat of effect, time is forever because you're looking at the evidence from getting from point A to point B and you're trying to figure out how long it takes to get there and you're using other individuals' measuring steps in order to do so. And that's one of the sucky things about this world is that we sometimes and oftentimes get caught in this like the, what I call third dimensional time trap or this fourth dimensional space trap. And we can go deeper into that in other episodes. But through all of that, when you think about the masculine and feminine energies of self, even if we get back into, you know, like in the fifth month, every one of us is carrying dual genders, every single one of us, every one of our beings, and then we make a decision one way or the other. This is somewhat not necessarily free will choice because it's not like you're in there making the call, but it is an aspect of seeing that we can start to create duality within self in order to find a way to go from the, the I am, what I call it, in that little moment in time to, well, who am I? Because I have to have some definition based on the way that this world moves using the law of gender. It's really interesting that it happens in the fifth month. We'll talk a little bit about that around the numerology of number five. But what then will end up happening is as you go into sixth month and you go into seventh, and it's very interesting that we're born within a nine-month window of time because even the number nine um, has a very big significance associated with coming into self from the all. So it's like you place this intention out there in the first month, and then it goes through second, third, fourth, fifth, fifth, is the opportunity for us to actually step into a constant state of love, which then you'd make a decision to then become your full plan. Your full plan is what you are now defined as when you step into the world. I'm about to take a whole other episode off here. I'm not going to do that right now. But then in the ninth month, you actually come out as this full body of allness of all of these different cells and opportunities in this, you know, embryonic expansion of self and then you walk into the world as a being and we're all doing that over and over and over again even in our lives with this like with these this this numerology of one through nine but i say all that to say that as we then go through the process of entering into the world we make a determination in that fifth month of where we are going to be from a gender perspective we still have latent gender inside of us so if you are a man walking into this world you have latent gender sitting inside of you of feminine. If you are a female walking into this world, you have latent gender sitting inside of you of masculine. Oftentimes, somebody asks me a question around homosexuality and like what that looked like around the lens of spirituality. It's the opportunity for that to express itself in a different way because oftentimes, you know, what's really beautiful about it is is that a lot of those individuals are now expressing themselves through, you know, a different aspect of sexual expression can do that from that latent gender that's been sitting there. And good for them from being courageous enough to step into that truth of themselves so that they can actually go through the process of experimenting that. 
and figuring it out and knowing their truth and saying, hey, this is who I am. Doesn't make any one way right or wrong. It just makes it their aspect of their truth of the path that they need to go down in order to find the light within themselves. So I really do appreciate all of you for listening to this. I would say actionable steps that you can take from this is understanding that you are constantly being poured into you from the spirit of the all, of God, of source, whatever you want to call it, into the vessel of the beautiful you that are you. And when you go through the process of opening your doors from a feminine receivership perspective, you will receive everything that comes to you. Now, the thing is, is that it's constantly being poured into you. And oftentimes we are overly masculine. So we're just like basically shuttering it all away. And it's just pouring down off the sides of us because we've closed ourselves. So when we open ourselves to it, then what happens is, is once it comes in, we have the ability to tune. When we tune with our thoughts, masculine energy. So you have to go from feminine to masculine energy. That masculine energy is tuning your thoughts. Okay. And then once you tune your thoughts, you have to feel your thoughts, feminine energy. Once you fill your thoughts, you now take that feeling and you integrate that masculine energy. You bring it into the world. Oftentimes this happens in a pair of two people, which is sometimes the purpose of marriage. Sometimes it happens in a group of friends. Sometimes it happens in a group of, of, of like large individuals, communities, things along those lines. But it doesn't matter whether you're married, not married, whether you have a group of friends, whether you're doing it at work, wherever it might be. Find your counterparts out there. Find those that you can actually get into a rhythmic state with that will receive you and you receive them, that will hold you accountable to the bullshit thoughts that you're having and bring you back to help you within your tuning. Where are you getting stuck? Are you getting stuck in your feelings? If you are, find a female counterpart. If you're getting stuck in your thoughts, find a safe male counterpart that can help you tune into those feelings if you're not finding them within yourself, right? And it may be a man finding another man to help them tune in, right? It may be a female finding another female to help them tune into their feelings. It might be a man finding another man to help them tune into their their integrated steps. It might be a female finding a man to help them turn it, tune into that. doesn't really matter where it actually lives from, from a gender perspective, but some of us have done a really good job of finding how to figure that out. Some of us are like, hey, I'm kind of stuck here. And then you end up finding somebody that's just like you, right? And when you find somebody that's just like you, neither of you are going anywhere, even though it probably feels good to be confirmed by another person that wherever we are isn't where we want to be, right? Which is cool. Have that. Because even as you go through that, it's what I call gossip sessions or anything like that. Even as you go through that opportunity, you're sitting there and you're like, hmm, well, that doesn't feel right. And then you become more miserable. And in the misery, you actually find the light because you don't want to continue to be there anymore. So it's still a beautiful journey. It's just how long do you choose to be there? But find that person that's going to be a counterbalance for you. Okay. When it doesn't feel comfortable, that's where you find the comfort. Because once you actually accept it and surrender into it, that's where the truth is. So I appreciate you guys for listening again. This has been a fun one for me. We're at the end of the seven laws. I'm going to do one more episode about this. It's like, you can all go to like nine of these. But there's one like universal encompassing, which really is this law of love. And where it all comes together in this really beautiful cosmic reality. And we'll talk about that a little bit. It won't be as long as these others, but it will really ground it out into how you can see this entire unification. I call it a cause container because it's like one big ecosystem of the way it works. But there are a couple of other books out there that call it the law of love, call it a few other things. But I'm excited for you guys to tune in the next one. Thank you once again so much for listening in, and I love you so much.